0: Bhavamitsia, Perik Dalad, Mishnah Tess four nine, and the Mishnah is wrapping up our topic of financial Ona. And it starts out by saying there are certain types of commercial transactions which are exempt from this um, limitation of over underselling by a sixth. Uh, some learn there is a limitation when you talk about like hundred percent markup, but Mishnah makes no mention of that. It says Elu Dvarm Shainlehem Ona the following four items, the Mishwa list, are exempt from the restrictions of Onah, that band of plus minus a sixth. Havadim, vahashtaros, vahakarkoos, vahakdashos. Avadim are slaves, if your person is buying or selling a slave. Shtaros is some kind of a financial instrument, like a deed to a house, or a stock certificate, or an IOU, which is trading at hands. The karkaos—that's land itself, so real estate, so things attached to the ground—and the hekdeshos are things which have been consecrated to the base of mikdash, and now belongs to um, the base of mikdash, uh, or Hashem, so to speak. Um, whether we're talking, you know, um, for better for the financial benefit, or for kachim zbech, and all those things. There's no application of ona. Of, uh, the last one would be something like. If a person consecrates his cow to be a shlamim and then the cow develops some kind of blemish so he could sell to somebody else and then, you know, transfer the Kedushah onto the coin, the question is the sale price. Is it governed by the rules of Vona? says the Mishnah, no, it's not. Now, the basis um, for all four of these exemptions are psukim. The Pasuk, let's look at the Pasuk again. It says, V'chi simkru mimkar lamisecha. When you sell some merchandise to your fellow Jew. And now that word Mimkar, the merchandise seems usually a mu it's superfluous. Mishak continues the positive continues it says, "O kano miyad amisecha. Or if you purchase from the hand of your fellow Jew, again, um the word from your hand from the hand of, I should say, is um, a Because instead of saying the kitimkru mimkor la misecha kano amisecha, it could have just said kitimkuru la o kano me if you sell to or buy from your 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 fellow good Jew. Um so the words mimkar merchandise and miyad from the hand of are both superfluous. Then it says Altonu Ish es achiv, a person shall not um, abuse, exploit, defraud his brother. Um so, uh, what's happening here is as follows, in terms of the drushas here. The first is, let's talk about real estate first. It says that you're buying it miyad, a misacha from the hand of your fellow Jew. So the gemara is out there, yet things that transfer hand from hand to hand, literally, meaning chattels, movable objects, those are the things which are governed by the rules of ona. But things that don't um, physically transfer from hand to hand, like real estate, I would be exempt. Uh, slaves of adim are uh, hukash, they're like exegetically connected to uh, land throughout, so since they're they're connected, so the same would apply to a, a slave. As far as the mimkar, the merchandise that's uh, being sold or bought, so Chazan that's referring to things which are called gufo mamon. Um, gufo mamon means that it has, it, it's, it's, um, the object itself for its own intrinsic value is its trading hand. So in other words, when you need um, writing paper, you go to the store, you buy yourself a, you know, a ream of paper, you're buying it for the paper itself. When you buy the deed to a house, so you're not buying the piece of paper, it's not consequential. What you want is the rights that are um, demonstrated by the deed to own the house. Therefore, since you're not buying like a merchandise per se, you're getting a, like a financial instrument, it's exempt from ona. And finally, um, hektesh items are exempt because it says, a person to his brother, that's like between human beings, and hektesh is not a human being, so to speak, is the counterpart of the transaction, and therefore it's exempt from ona. Okay, now, now we're going kind of off topic again, since we had that list of four exemptions. There are other areas in Allah where that same list of four exemptions apply. The first is, those those penalties, which are uh, levied on a person who is a ganav, who steals, and then the four and five, if he steals a cow, goat, or sheep, and then either slaughters it or sells it. So um, they, those extra payments on the thief don't apply to someone who steals these four categories of things. Now the way this is learned out is a little different. It's based on not from the the parsha talking about um, the the thief and through the mechanism of what's called klal prat uklal. So klal prat uklal means that the psukim first give like a general kind of far-reaching um, principle and then it gives specific examples. So the general principle is the klal the. Specific examples of the Prat. And then if it goes back and says another, like, kind of wide ranging, kind of catch all type expression, that's a Klal again. So if you have Klal and then a Prat, then a Klal, the way to interpret that, which is our tradition from Moshe Misenai, is the Torah is telling you, Ein that the principle is wide reaching. It doesn't apply to the specific examples only, but it only applies to things that are like the specific examples. And Chazal will tell you. What are the you know the salient features of the specific examples, which are now you know from which you can extrapolate to other cases? So in the case of the um, the shul first the pasuk talks about this is in Shmoschav based Pasuk Ches. It says al kol devar pesha on any you know kind of criminal act. So that criminal act is like any criminal act, whatever you're stealing, that's a Kalal. And then it says al Shur, al chamor al se al salma. It applies to an ox and a donkey and a sheep or goat or in clothing. So these are called there's a prat, right? Those are specific examples. It wouldn't need to necessarily give those examples. And then later on it says um a kol a Veda. Continuing on, it says on any lost item. <clears throat> so you see again you got a claw again. So uh if you have a klal and a prat and a klal, so the rule is bakal elamasha they are very Prat, um, It's like similar to the detailed things. And what are the common denominator of those things? Say so, Chazal, um, the examples given are davar They are movable objects, and they're gufo mamon. They have, you know, they're they're bought for their own intrinsic value. So anything which similarly uh, is tel, a movable object, and gufo mamon, that's the things to which you have the cable uh, payment. So therefore, and that's going to exempt exempt real estate because karkaos is not um, metaltel, avadim connected to that. Shtaros contracts deeds are exempt because they're not gufo mamon. Then finally, when it says yishalem shneim he should pay like a double payment to his um, his fellow Jew, his rehu, his neighbor, his fellow. So you can call this, your fellow, it's all your reah and therefore uh, it's exempt. Okay, so that's that. Um, just speaking out, the four and five payment, of course, is just applicable to animals. So we're talking that's hectish. I you know the person has a hectish animal, and then and then uh, someone else steals it and then sells it or slaughters it. So there's no four or five payment. Okay, there's no applicability of four or five to you no know, land or stars, etc. Okay, now the mission continues and says like another. Um, area of halacha where these four categories are exempt or they're different. It's the area of custodianship, the shomrim. So it says, <clears throat> even though usually a chinam an unpaid uh, guardian who's been in, put in custody of something, if he uh, if it gets lost or stolen, he's exempt from making restitution to the owner but he has to at least take a shvua. He didn't do something uh, negligent. So uh, we're going to say that's not applicable when it comes to him Having lost or had stolen uh, land or eved or a contract. And that's going to be based on the uh, Sokim is also a klal pratuklal. And the same is going to go for a no se sachar, meaning a shomer sachar, a paid watchman. Usually, if something gets um, lost or stolen under his watch, he has to pay for it, but he'll be exempt also um, when it comes to these four things. So the Mishnah says inside, shomer chinam, nishba, a shomer chinam, an unpaid Kasodan doesn't swear. Uh, if one of these four things were under his watch and they got lost or stolen. Venose Sachar, and someone who is taking payments. This is referring to a Shomer Sachar, a paid watchman who normally would um, have to pay for loss or theft. Enum Mishalem, he doesn't have to pay um, for loss or theft. The base of that, again, is the Klal Pratuklal, drasha. I'm going to skip the derivation there, but that's how it works. Now, new paragraph. Uh, Rabbi Shimon is going to disagree about something in general and this is not the first time we've seen this, this is more far-reaching, he holds that while it's true that when you're Makdish something that it's like Hashem, so to speak, belongs to the base of Mikdash, if a person has achrayas, meaning if a person would have to make, he's responsible to replace the object should it um, not get delivered as it needs to, so then he still has like a financial interest because it's going to cost him if it doesn't get delivered, and therefore it's considered to be his money, and therefore um, the exemptions of our mishnah will not apply to hekdish, if a person has a harayas for that hektish. So the case is something like this. A person can really consecrate things um, in one of two ways, as a, a, a nedava or as a neder. It's a Mishnah Megillah. So uh, if it's a nedava, a person says, harayzu, zu, this particular cow is going to be a gift. And then if the cow develops some sort of mom, it gets cataracts, okay, so the cow can't become a, mom, can't become a korban, but, uh, so it's is not brought. If a person says, haray alai, that's called a neder, he accepts upon himself a commitment to bring this shlamim. So now, if he later on says, Harezu, this cow is my so fine, that can be a shlomim, but if that cow gets lost or stolen or you know, becomes blemished, so then the cow cannot be offered since he took a neder on himself. It wasn't the sp- specific cow that he was committing, but in general he was committing to bring something. So he's responsible now, he has a to replace the cow, which is invalid, with a new cow that is yes valid. So says Rabbi Shimon, in such a scenario since he has to replace it, he has a financial like obligation to it, therefore it's still considered to be Took a degree his and therefore the exemptions of our Mishnah wouldn't apply um, not regarding the theft to the kafel issue um, and also it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't apply in the issues of ona. so this is the Mishnah inside if you have consecrated items which a person has a financial responsibility to replace if something goes wrong so then there is ona. meaning let's speak it out again Guys, Makdish, He says, Haray shlam." He commits a netter to himself to bring it. Then he says, "Harei zu shlam. He pointed to his particular sheep. The sheep then gets a mum, so he has to sell it. And when he sells it, says Rabbi Shimon, it's governed by the lachas of ona. He can't be over undercharged by more than a sixth, because that's ona, because he has to replace it. It's coming out of his pocket, and the difference. He agrees, however, when it comes to Hekdish uh, that he's not responsible to replace. Ein lahen ona, so there's no application of ona because again that word of re'ehu of the pasuk exempts it. Um, one more like kind of new paragraph here. This is another machlokas. Rabbi Huda is going to say the whole um, notion of uh, of ona, financial ona, you know, financial fraud is uh, much more limited than we've led on to believe. It's not just these four examples, says Rabbi Huda, but afamocher sefra torah behemo u margalit ein lahem <laughs> ona. He says the other kinds of things besides these four that are exempt from the price limitations of, of financial onah, price fraud, uh, and they are a safer Torah. If you're selling or buying a safe Torah, there is no like limit to how much is too much, etc. Because uh, there's no there it's invaluable. There's no real you can't put a, a price tag on a safe for Torah, so to speak. As far as the behema and the mogolis like the like the livestock and the and the pearl that's translated as the precious gem. So says Rabbi Yehuda, in general, these things are not commodities. They're kind of like idiosyncratic. They're unique. When a person goes looking for an ox, he wants an ox, which is the same kind of size and strength as his other ox, so they can work as a pair. When a person is, you know, buying and uh, looking for a pearl, he's looking for a pearl that will match the same color or shape as the other earring he has or something. The point is, since these are each one's unique, there's a different value to each buyer. A buyer who has a matching pearl was willing to pay more, than one who doesn't, etc. And therefore, there's no such thing really as like a fair market price because, from the buyer's perspective, there's a range of what's fair depending on how much they need it and what they need it for. Therefore, Rabito would say things like that. Things that are, um, not, you know, commodities all the same, like just you know a, a pound of wheat or a gallon of oil or something. Um, those things are not. There's no notion of not applicable to them. However, umruloh. But they, the Chachamim, answered back to him, and this is the Halacha: Lo amru ela es elu. They say, no, it's just the four things listed in the beginning of our Mishnah. Those, based on Sukkim, are exempt from Ona, but otherwise, um, everything is governed by the price limitations of you know, financial fraud of Onah. And the reason why is because, in truth, every transaction is like that. In any, even even a commodity, someone might, you know, for the recipe tonight, they need to make specifically wheat, so they have wheat with more to them then to other people, and so on. And therefore, if you would take that approach, like you've undermined the entire Torah's notion of onav of guards to, you know, financial fraud, or, or you know, or, or price gouging, etc., and that being the case, the Chacham say in the halacha is, aside for these four areas that we said in the beginning of the Mishnah, onah applies um, across the board, even for idiosyncratic items, you'd base, base the price, would be sort of on what's the a fair market price for for a regular market participant.